0: Welcome to The Heath Barnes Show, bringing you interviews and insights to grow your business from some of today's leading voices in the mortgage industry. The Heath Barnes Show is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Find out more at yourpodcast.team. Now, here's your host, Heath Barnes.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mortgages Reimagine. I'm your host, Heath Barnes. And I'm I'm super excited to have my good friend O D in the house, Brendan O'Driscoll, straight from Ireland. How you doing, my good friend?
0: I'm doing great. It's good to good to see you again.
1: Yeah, so for sure. So Brendan's been in the mortgage business for 24 years. He has been, he's out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. He works for Treadstone Lending, or Treadstone Mortgages, and he recently joined forces with Neighborhood Loans. So he's one of the top originators in the in the Grand Rapids, actually in Michigan, right? Yeah. 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 He and his partner, KP. So, you know, I was reading your bio, and what I noticed is uh, you were an engineer before getting in the mortgage business. Which is odd. Yeah, which is odd, wasn't it, you know? And, and you had somebody introduce you to the mortgage business, and you're like, "I'm hooked." So yeah, I, I'm curious. You know, I, I was hooked when I found out how much money you could make in the mortgage business. What hooked you? Well,
0: that that was one of the things. You know, so I didn't get married till I was later. So I was single. I was out in the bars all the time, playing in basketball leagues and stuff. And this one bar, I hung out with all these knucklehead subprime mortgage guys from straight out of the Big Short, right? Yeah. Oh, this guy's making X, this guy's making Y. And it was like five, 10 times what anybody really expected to make or more. Yeah. Like, that guy is dumb as a box of rocks. And I don't trust him. I mean, what? Who is who is paying <laughs> this guy, money? And then a couple of yeah. guys that I know that know what they're doing got into the business and said, Hey, this is this is interesting. I think it's kind of legit. So so maybe you should jump in. So and I actually jumped into a subprime shop. So I didn't even know how to do conventional or FHA or or anything like that. So my first year I was in a good training ground, but it was a, it was a bad product place, but it was, I'm, I am an engineer by trade. So the numbers stuff really works for me. And, the, and just the fun of talking to people all the time and everything is yeah. different. And then, and, and then what year? after a year or so, so this was 97 and about 14 months in, I came back from an appointment because we went to all of our appointments because we were scraping to get anything we could. Right. right. And, uh, and there was two news trucks in the parking lot and everybody was hauling out boxes and probably chairs and stuff. They weren't supposed to be taken. I'm like, What, what just happened? And next thing you know, the company's bankrupt. They didn't tell anybody they were in trouble, out of business, subprime, chop shop, you know, but it also pushed me into the, the normal world where you learn how to do regular loans. And then the people that, I mean, I never even, people that you knew said, Hey, you know, I can go work with him on my refinance or buying a house or because he's doing, in the beginning, I didn't really even know the difference.
1: Cause yeah.
0: we, got a, we got a conventional loan. We had to send it over to some guy named Steve and we never know if Steve ever even closed it. Yeah. I know if I ever got paid on it. I didn't even know what is this conventional thing? What? What is, you know, what is this product that they're talking yeah. about? How come I'm selling 228s and 327s with prepayment penalties and all this other stuff. So this goes way oh, back yeah. to old people, but. Uh,
1: right. right. And w- how old were you? And tell me what was going on in your life at the time?
0: So I was. I should be able to do the math, right? Because I'm in the more I was 31, I think, when I made the switch. Yeah. You know, single, I think right out of school, you start looking for being married because that's what your parents told you to do. So that wasn't happening. Right. Was just having fun. I I have a civil engineering degree. I did that in Chicago for a while. I had translation transitioned to sales, selling engineering-type products uh, to move back to Michigan because you had to have 10 years experience in the engineering world to get back there. So I didn't have that. So and and I just did that for a while, and then this kind of was around my periphery. And and the more I kind of dove into it, you know, somebody said, "Did you do a part time?" I said, "No, I just quit my job and dove into it." And it was straight yeah. tradition, but I just the guys I knew that told me about it just made sense to me. And then you know, I'm certainly glad I did it. I, I never would have expected right. it if you'd ask me that.
1: When I yeah, I'm, I'm I'm curious. Did did your uh, dad have any influence for those of our? For those of you that don't know, Brendan's dad is a, fa- a fairly famous doctor in Grand Rapids and he moved moved here or immigrated here from Ireland. So I'm curious, what'd your dad think about you like getting out of an engineering degree and like, I'm going to be a loan officer. He's like, what?
0: <laughs> well, I don't think he was too excited about it. You know, yeah. after, after four years of, of college and you know, yeah. college, Marquette University in Milwaukee and getting a degree and doing it for years. But um he didn't like tell me not to do it or roll his eyes or anything, but I could tell he was a quiet man, that he was concerned uh, about it. And it was, there was no pay, you know, it was just yeah. not like I had a bunch of money in the bank. I had, you know, typical loan officer had a good pile of debt, you know, because that yeah. credit card you took out in college, it just keeps growing. All you got to do is <laughs> pay the minimum payment, right?
1: You never so, pay it off.
0: So you got nothing in the bank, you're out partying all the time and and, and you got a little bit of debt hanging over your head. But. That's what gets you out of bed. In That's right. Though. So I think he trusted me enough. And then I think he enjoyed the path, you know, end up getting our own, my friend and I end up getting our own broker's license, you know, probably yeah. two years after I got into the business to two and a half. And, and it's just been a steady growth. We rode through the, you know, the crash 08, 2010 right. and everybody went out of business as brokers and, and we flourished and we ended up you know, moving on to signing up with a lender, but everybody that went out of business, you know, people were throwing, this is a side story, people were throwing correspondent lines. Hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Yeah. If we would have had the ability to just lend our own money. We might've made the wrong decisions and we might've been out of business, you know? So we just kept yeah. doing our broker thing until compliance pushed us out. And it was just a great story. So I think my parents enjoyed that part of it, you know, trusted me enough to do it, but it was a, it was a big leap. And my dad is a, conservative guy off the boat from ireland so
1: yeah i would imagine some of that influenced your ability to say you know i, I can do this you know i mean some it, some people have it where you know they can let go of certainty in their life and they thrive in the uncertainty you know
0: yeah i, I like the pressure and, and you know i probably didn't want to let him down you know he would never yeah. tell me but i could maybe tell if i did and then he, yeah. I don't know, he'd tell you i told you so but i i I'm like, I'm not going to fail. He wasn't a guy that he was really mild guy, but he was also very firm. So I, I but I also didn't want to disappoint. Him, so,
1: yeah. Yeah. Him, so. You know, after being in the business, we were talking yesterday, I called Brendan to chat with him a little bit. And, you know, he said like, how's it going? I'm like, yeah, it's not one of those days. And we got into conversation about, you know, we all have these good days and bad days. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes i leave here and I'm like, what? Is going like what have I created? Other days it's like I'm a champ, and I'm yeah, I'm sure having a team of like what do you have like seven or nine people? You nine. sometimes, team, uh, yeah, you sometimes leave and you're like, what is going on? Or, you know, we all have. I mean, I think it's important for people that are listening to know I don't care who you are, if you're in the mortgage business, you got good days and you got bad days, and I'm curious for you, like running a team this large, most people are like, I want to keep it small and simple. You run a large team. How do you handle those good days and bad days?
0: The nice thing with the growth, the nice thing with the growth is there are less bad days than good days because you have people doing what you're not good at. One thing. Yeah. Delegated it. You've delegated it. So you can go do what you're good at. You still have to run the team and you have to make the tough calls and the tough decisions have the tough conversations. But when you, so this is good for people that are, that are new to the business or struggling or can't get over the hump to the next level. Because if it's just you and a processor, you have to take on a lot of this stuff and you might not be good at data entry or running DU or whatever. And it takes away from your sales stuff. But as you put a team in place and you empower systems and stuff, and I have a great front end team, I have a great captain. I don't have. As many problems as I used to. They still happen, you know. So there's right. the saying: there's the saying that you're either coming in a coming into a storm, leaving a storm, or or coming in, going out, or in a storm. Right. So everything was humming along pretty good. And you always have these little blurbs. So you probably had one um the other day, but yes, but, but I do notice that I don't I would have like big ruts, it seems like three, four times a year or twice yeah. a year, or just like, man, what am I doing? But then I'd sit back and say, <laughs> man people would crawl through broken glass for for what i've been able to build up and and the yeah. silly income that that we get in the mortgage business and then i kick myself but the other thing is if you can if you can get some people and empower them to to root out these problems with systems or just being good on the phone or overcoming objections i mean you know if you can stop these things you know, it's not a big deal unless you make it a big deal. Right. So you can stop this stuff before it happens and you're still going to have things that come up. But again, you know, appraisal comes in low, something happens. It's not a big deal unless you make it a big deal. So yeah. as you, as you learn that and become less emotional, because in the beginning, yes. right, it's me, 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 me. And I, you yeah. know, then you hammer your team, right. Your, your team did 19 great deals <laughs> You, you barely patted them on the back and then something's wrong with number 20 and you just focus on that, man. You put a spotlight on it what a jerk you are Oh yeah, for doing that. And and I'll stop in one second. But when I came home one time and I told my wife, I said, hey, I said, hey, we closed 11 deals today. You ever think we'll close 11 deals in one? No, I said, no, I said, I closed 11 deals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I went back to my team the next day and I said, I am so sorry. I am such an ass. We closed 11 deals. I went home and told my wife, Christine, that I did this and I did that. I couldn't do any of that. I couldn't close 11 deals in a month
1: before. Yeah. Or or in a quarter. Yeah.
0: Heath, you know, so...
1: I mean, I acknowledge you for going, you know, seeing that and like going back to your team and saying, hey, man, I apologize. You know, I, my ego got the best of me, which it does in this business. But, I, you know, I've actually recently hired a kind of an employee coach to kind of help me on that softening of the conversations. And one of the things that she she shared with me that I think our listeners will appreciate is like when you're talking to an employee and something has happened, if you can not use the word "you" and just use "I" and and "we," and it's like, hey, you know what I saw? What I saw is this happening. Can you give me some information on it? And what can I do to help keep this from happening in the per in the future? Whereas in the past, I'd be like, hey, why did you do this? Like it? Why doesn't even make like instantly? They're going to start defending it. So yeah. obviously, you've been extremely successful. So. Tell me, how have you grown from like one person and when did you start growing your team to now? I think you said you got, you have like nine people, which is incredible. I know it's, it's, uh, it's, it's got to, Some people think, oh, that's super difficult to have that many people. So just, can you just share your journey from one to nine?
0: Yeah. And, it, and it's great. And I will tell people what, no matter where they're at in their stage, it's, it's, you know, you, you run an office, you run a team, you run a company. I do the same thing. And it's it's a balancing act because when you're when you're new to the business, you are trying to get going and it's the me 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 thing you got to yeah. embrace the week because I I tell you we get we get loan officers and the bigger they get they start doing 50 60 70 80 million dollars and 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 we're all pre, you and me Heath, are prima donnas right so yeah. we're all prima donnas we got to learn how to behave not like prima donnas and but but teaching them so any loan officer who wants to run a team, you have to take the me out of it and put the we into it. And it sounds cheesy, but the more you give in anything that you do, whether it's your time, charity, giving to people, helping them out, bringing them up with you. Cause you're closing more loans. You're making more money. You got to bring them up. And, and, but the more you do for people, the more stuff's going to come pouring back, but you right. have to do it with a good heart, you know, because yeah. you can't just be selfish. Cause then that's transparent. Oh, he's just trying to shine me on, you know? So, So, so I'll give them some business. I mean, you got to really believe it and be genuine. So
1: how do you take, yeah. How do you take the emotion out of it for yourself? Like if, like when, when, when does that happen for you and and what's going through your mind and and what do you do or say to remember not to respond emotionally to your team or people around you?
0: It's, it's really hard. Um, and 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 you got to remember that I don't do it very often, but I might come in the office once or twice a year when I'm pissed about something, and it it might be in work related, it might not, but they know immediately. Like my cat goes like, "Hey, is something wrong?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I'm just I'm I got too much stuff going on." So that's that's a that's an okay excuse. But like if I'm mad about some deal, I need to go leave for a little while, or go yeah. really walk around the block, or go. Call somebody or talk to somebody to just say, Hey, this this is going on. I don't want to overreact. And usually if you just bounce it off, some, sometimes you just need to get out for a little while and then take a deep breath and say, Hey, you know what? Nobody's gonna die, right? Yeah, the moving truck is 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 on the way there, but we'll have it fixed in an hour, you know, stuff like that. So you because if you overreact, it becomes a cloud over the team. Just like the same time when you come running the office, screwing around, having fun, it it buoys the whole office and, and lifts lifts them up. So
1: yeah, my, my employee coach told me today, she gave me the advice. She's like, you know what, Heath, you're great. Like you got these super highs and I'm sure Brennan, you're the same way. These super high highs and these low lows. And like when you, when you're on these highs, you want to give, 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 but it's important to understand what are the rules and the guidelines that you're running your team by and stay within those guidelines. Then everyone knows what their lane is.
0: And you have to lead by example. You, you, you know, when I was down in your office five, six years ago, Heath, you, something happened, and you said, "Hey, you guys want to hear me make a tough call?" And you <laughs> called some realtor, and something wasn't going right. It wasn't a close on yeah. time or something. And she lit you up. Yeah, um, that was one of the most impressive things I'd ever seen because, like, you did it in front of me, and and I'll I'll do that. I'll make a tough call, and I'll make sure my door is open and my mouth, I amount mean, my voice is loud enough to carry. Because yeah. I want them to see that. I'm not blaming the team. I'm I'm yeah. defending them, or I'm falling on the sword, or I say, hey, you know, this is my fault. It's yeah. one of our system things we need to fix up. And even if I know I didn't screw it up, and they know they didn't screw it up, I don't. I want them to know um, that I got their back. And if some, and yeah. once about once or every year or two, somebody will be extremely rude to one of my team members, usually one of the girls on my team, and I will call that person back and open my door and. I mean, very rarely, because it doesn't do you any good, but I yeah. will kindly light them up yeah, uh, and make sure that we never do business with them again, or they never, ever talk to my team like that again. They can talk to me like that. Um, right? And then if they're real jerks, I said, well, come on down and let's talk about it face to face. And they, not that I'm some tough guy, but yeah, are on the phone, come down and, and let's hash this out, you know, like well, adults.
1: Yeah. Well, one, one of the rules here in my office, and I don't know if you have it in yours, but uh, I say, listen, I don't want you ever making a call that makes you nervous, that that you feel like the client's gonna be upset. Or if they are upset, put them on hold and come get me, come get me. I want to make all of those calls. And for those of you listening, you can't give those calls to your team unless they want to take them. Because what's gonna happen is they're gonna have a bad experience. And then they're in, in a few of those, they're gonna to want to leave out of the mortgage business. So yeah, yeah, I think. You know, that practice of showing uh, someone how to make that difficult uh, call is important. And then understanding what the client situation is like, they're always upset because what? Something's going on that's not to their expectations. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, go ahead.
0: No. So, yeah. And you just got to teach them how to, you know, how to read just different personalities by questions that you ask. So yeah, you want to go back to the journey of
1: one to nine or ten? Please. I'm sorry. Thank you.
0: No, I, I'm the tangent guy. I'll, I'll drift off. You and me drift all over. we yeah. be out in the Grand Canyon in no time. But I mean, really probably about eight, nine years ago, I think I still just had one processor working for me. And, and it was fun and it was not fun. And you closed six deals, and then you closed two. And then you closed eight and then you closed one. And then you got 12 and then you get none. Yeah. You're screwing around and not... Uh, generating business. So then as you finally get into you know you get into this coaching uh, Heath was one of my, my very first mentors in the after being in the business for you know 16, 17 years and running a pretty good business compared to most people, but it was that right. volatile up and down that we all we all know. And I'm hoping that whoever's listening to us is nodding their head because you have to have somebody talk about all the dumb stuff that they were doing Uh, you're probably doing right now. And I still do dumb stuff every day and every week and every month, but after a while you, you, you build up that team, you empower them. They're smart. They know what they're doing. Let them do their jobs. Mm -hmm. And then as your volume gets up, you know, you, you can do with one person, you can do 10, 11 deals a month. You should probably take a little heat off them Add it. So over time, Um, We added more front-end people, you know, loan officer assistants, LP1s, whatever you want to call them. So I've grown to, I just added my fourth this year. So I have four front-end loan processors that are all licensed and and they can intake, you know, their their job duties are to to take leads, get pre-approvals, great communication update the referral source, the realtor, whoever it was, within 30 minutes, call them back right away if we're on the phone, and handle 95% of the problems without escalating it to me. But then that also goes back to like, eh, if there's more problems, I just don't want them making the tough phone calls or or anything like that. If there's some weird lock thing that I have to decide on, that's great. Now- the the processing end of it, I have, I have two back-end processors that work on my team. If we have overflow, somebody else will pick it up because I'm the boss. But then I'm adding a third one. And that, that will be good for us probably for the next year or two. But the problem with me and the front-end loan processors is I can be a good leader, but I'm not a good system tracking yeah. accountability person. So until a couple things happen, I have an executive assistant that I've had for a couple of years. You know, she took over my email, I don't know, two and a half years ago or three and a half years ago. So if you can get somebody to take over your email, it's the most yeah. liberating, the most liberating day of your life. And you think it's scary. And I thought I would just hang on to it like grim death for six months, man, I was out jacked and I monitored a little bit for about 30 days, yeah. but, but you waste an hour and a half to two uh. hours every day. And if you figure out what you're worth and you're wasting 10 to 12 hours a week, right? With email. It's crazy. But what I was going at, the other one is my team captain is you know responsible for the structure, the accountability. She's got good personality to deal with people, but she's also a technical person. So we use Jungo Salesforce and she mm-hmm. masters that thing. She's probably the best in our whole company at it. And she evolves it all the time. And we have these fantastic dashboards. I mean, I know exactly where I'm at just by looking at my my dashboard in Salesforce every day and everybody on my team has their own dashboards. And it's cool. Cause we have a little speedometer. And if you, if you have four tasks to do before you go home today, Heath, you're in the green. If it's more than four, you get into the yellow and then you get into the red and wow. I went out of town in July and I had like 36 things I was supposed to do. It took me about seven weeks to dig it out. Most of it's like, Hey, call this guy and thank him for accepting our wow. offer. Do a pre-approval video for this person. So it wasn't, if it was urgent, I would do it. But, but the fact that she runs the team and also runs the team in my absence, so I don't have to be here for every, we have daily team meetings every day and we have a big pipeline meeting every Tuesday, but she runs half of them. And if I'm out on, I'm usually out on Wednesdays and I'm out part of Thursday and Friday morning. So if she runs it, she has the power um, to do it. And she's just kind of a unicorn. It's hard to find you know, it's, it's not like you just pluck somebody out of somewhere, right. but, but she really is magnificent and she's a problem. And, you know, one day I was meddling, you know, we all meddle, right? You're probably a meddler too. two I was meddling in a file. I've been doing it for years. I still do it. And she's like, what are you, what are you worried about that for? That's what you got me for. And I grabbed my backpack and psh, I was out the door. Yeah.
1: Good for so you. I'm like, You're like, I'm learning. You're like, I want to feel relevant.
0: Yeah. And the more you meddle, you're insulting them. You're saying you yeah. don't trust them. And the more you meddle in the files or, Hey, I see that appraisal came in low. They're like, we got it. We you're, got it. you're messing with my stuff and they get pissed at you too, because you don't trust them. And, it, and it's really pretty rude um, to do it that way. So
1: that speaks volume of how they feel about you. Like that they, that they care enough that they're like, Hey, uh, we got this. We're gonna take care of you. So that that just speaks volume about you. So I think one of the things that's important is like if you're gonna run a team that 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 is that big, you got to have some type of system that's gonna help your team like be successful. Meaning like he he mentioned Jungo and running a CRM, and that CRM knows you know what everyone's doing, and it gives you your to do list. So. I don't want to do it today, but I'd like to invite you back to talk about jungle in the future and kind of how you use it if you're open to it.
0: Yeah, I probably would bring my captain on. So that'd be great. The other question that people got to ask is, I mean, the obvious thing is, why do you want to do it? But what happens? So I would go to these things where people were doing the right things and people like Heath were telling me what to do. And they said, oh, yeah, I went from A to B to C to D and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I'm like, you are lying. you there ain't no way that's happening that fast. It's, you know. So then now, I mean, if you want to know some recent numbers, because I wasn't even that good at tracking. I remember mm-hmm. like my partner. My partner is one of the biggest. He's the biggest loan officer in Michigan, uh, and one of the biggest loan officers in the country. Well-known speaker yeah. and coach Kevin Polakovich. They call him KP. But we were joking about probably like 2010. Like man, I closed uh, closed 38 deals. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't this month, it was this year. Like I'm a big, yo, man. I closed, I closed four last month, man. I might like, I could, yeah, could get 48. But but what you see, what you see from the growth, and, and I, I go back to a tangible number that I know. So in 2014, when I kind of started turning the corner mentally about I need some accountability, I need to quit acting like I knew like I know everything and I need to surrender a little bit. So in 2014, I went from I had 86 units. And then I met Heath in 2015 and I got, you know, coaching and mentoring and I went to 119 and then the big jump, then I went to 211 and then I went to 271. The following year I went to 269, but my volume stayed the same or was a little bit higher just because the loan amounts were bigger. So I was kind of, that was frustrating because I spun a little bit. And then I actually went down the next year to 255, and that was because I got off to a bad start. And I know why I did it, and I don't do it again. As a bad first quarter, but I didn't do things right in the third quarter. But I still did more volume. I did three more million than the previous year. And then the big jump was when I got my captain on. Last year, we obviously had – way more refis than we used to because we're an 85 90 purchase shop but then it went from 255 to 435 which yeah. i never even couldn't even get to 300 and then all of a sudden went up you know almost 150 loans and then the goal this year is is to do uh 436 just one more than last year and we're tracking on that right now and uh, my team's excited about it there's a trip involved that they're already going to get but they're going to get a great big giant experience if we hit that that 436 there's some Man. incentives involved so yeah it's uh it's fun and you gotta i mean what do they care you gotta make it um worth their while right so they're gonna get a nice big trip yeah. to the bahamas they're all gonna get like a mafia envelope with a big pile of cash that they've never held on to that much before uh in their life but it's 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 the fun way to do it and and i think i mean the basic reason to do it is just Still, kind of don't need don't need to do it as much, but it's just competition. But I also want to help bring them up in so many different ways, you know. So
1: sounds. I mean, it's amazing because you. you, I mean, I think you're probably three or four years older than me, and one of the things I want to acknowledge you for, man, it's like like your growth and success, and you still have that desire to continue to grow and get better, and that's that's really cool, especially you know, as much success as, as you've had, I'm curious, where does that come from? I
0: I think it came from my parents, you know, this, maybe the, the, just the moral compass part of it, because the, the funnest thing I have right now Heath, is I don't have any bills basically. Yeah. So, and, and the volume, anybody listening to this, if they just take whatever their average loan size is, their commission, and they multiply 435 loans, they're going to be like, wow, I mean, if they're a huge producer, they might say that'd be a step backwards, but you don't need all this money. You know, you have your goals. Hey, I want to save at least 20% a month. I try to do more than that, but I want to give away, you know, a huge chunk, you know, usually about 10% of my take-home pay every yeah. month. And and my wife and I sit down every month and we, we have regular charities that we give it to, but when we uh-huh. hear about something like somebody just died, can we go pay their, their tuition for the next uh-huh. You know, three years or something. That's where that's where it's really important, and it, and it also happens on your team, right? You, I. So we do budget meetings. I do, but my team is required to do budget meetings. I help them with their TD Ameritrade accounts, but they're required to do monthly budget meetings with me. And if I find a problem in there, I want to fix it. I don't want them to just think I'm gonna come in and fix it right away. But I, one of my guys was stressing about a credit card bill, and I just gotta remember to bring my checkbook. Cause I'm gonna go ask him to pay it off. It's not a ton of money, it's just a little bit, but it's a lot more to him than it is to me. And it'll just be a good gesture because I want him to move on to something more fun, you know, and not stress out about that. So, yeah, but that's, that's the really big thing because yeah, the whole joke, right, Who cares how many loans when you're dead, who cares how many loans you closed in your life? Did you, did you leave a trail of something good? And did you yeah. do, did you do some, not that, you know, we don't make mistakes and piss people off and do dumb stuff, but man, did you, did you, did you do some good while you were there? So.
1: Uh, were you memorable? Not when I say memorable, like the connections you make with your team and your family and the people around you, that's what people really look for. You know, one of the things I love about Brendan is he's made it a uh, habit of his is to be memorable. And, you know, if you're not known for something out there, find something and be known for it. So uh, it wouldn't, it was, I don't know. When we first met six or seven years ago, He's got this, I'll let him explain it, but he's got this thing with the the fox hat. And for those of you that are older listening, you will remember, is it a Miller Lite commercial? Is that what it was? It's a Miller
0: Lite commercial from the late 90s. So I was going to try and share it, but it wasn't working out right. And I didn't want to muck this thing up. So if you go if you go to YouTube and type in fox hat Miller beer commercial, it's just a... Okay. It's a funny thing, and, and to describe it on an audio cast is, is the guy has this fox hat, and I, I, I'm very particular in what I do, you know, so so I searched for, like, years to find the fox hat that looked as much like, and I'm putting it on right now, as yeah. much like the one in the commercial as I could find, and it took me about a year until I found one that I wanted, and, hey, you know, it's a real fox, right, so it costs... Yeah
1: beautiful 250
0: bucks you know back then and that was like that's a lot of money for a, for a joke but so uh, uh, this guy's walking home looks like he had been out drinking all night he's got a beer in his hand it's, it's in scotland with the fog in the background he walks by the the camera and he's whistling and he comes back and he and he says when i told the folks I was, I, back home i was going to dr they said where the fox hat and he laughs and he walks away so you got to see the commercial so yeah so now I take this thing everywhere I go um vacations work things and you know if I go to Denver nobody cares nobody knows where Denver is so hey what county is Denver in so I'll put some shtick together about it so maybe we'll find a way I'm, I'm trying to find a way to put these all on a landing page Um, uh, I got a Heath, I'll send you this. I got a little yeti that that has the picture of the fox hat.
1: On uh-huh. <laughs> so, so you have how many have you done? Like over the over how many years? How long you been doing it? And
0: how, how often? I think did I did my first one when I went to the Ryder Cup in Scotland. So that was probably six years ago, and I did it because the original beer commercial was in Scotland. So six or seven years, and I've done a few dozen of them. If i if i have a site there's some i don't like but i've taken them to events that that teeth was at and yeah sometimes we get a few cocktails in the middle of the night and then uh get some guys wearing the hats and some of them can't say it right and then they're saying what does the fox say and all this other kids show stuff i'm like no you guys don't get it but the funny thing <laughs> is teeth is some people don't like my sister thought that thing was funny for two years and then she finally called me she goes, hey i get it now i didn't get it before i said well, see, you just thought it was funny because it was stupid before but so but once they get it and and it it is fun because sometimes like during covid i didn't post one for about a year and people are like hey where's the fox hat you know and, and i hadn't i hadn't posted anything so while. so sometimes i'll i'll go on vacation I'm like ah, oh, i forgot to pack it you know and, and you know so, um, so you
1: gotta go buy a new one
0: yeah but the but the fun thing about it is is it makes you memorable people don't want to hear about mortgage programs and rates on social media and all that other stuff i have a seven and a half month old beautiful silver lab his name is truman i started out hey here's the truman show good afternoon good evening and good night but he's a very entertaining dog and i run into people a bunch of times this week hey what's truman up to you i not posted anything in a while and i tell him something so i gotta right, get a video chasing sticks in the lake or something that he does funny you know but but that's yeah but for business purposes that's important because that's what makes you real right you know your kids right. play soccer you're a coach you you like to ski they will gravitate to people that have like interests and then and and they like i mean some people will see that thing and say that guy's a moron i'm not this stupid fox head i'm not trusting him with my mortgage you know so hopefully they'll dig a little deeper but
1: yeah, when you become memorable and you have these things that people know about you, then you know they you, you're actually making it easy for them to ask you questions. You know, to and entertain a, a conversation. The last thing you want to know is you know at, for them to ask you what are interest rates, what's going on with interest rates. You know.
0: Yeah, and you can coach you can coach your realtors because realtors love. Hey, this is look at this great new listing I had, and they, and it's a great new listing fifty two times a year, <laughs> and none of them are great. You know, so yeah. then one of them might be great, but you know, less of less of that and more of you, but you yeah. got to throw in some business too. So people, some people don't even know what you do for a living, so.
1: So Brendan, if, if the audience wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Call my office. It's
0: 616-228-6200, 616-228-6200. If you want to see some Fox Hat stuff, my email is Brendan O. it's B-R-E-N-D-A-N-O, at treadstone So tread like a tire, stone like a rock, mortgage all spelled out.com. It's kind of fun. I'd be happy to share it with you. And I'll, I'll share anything. We have.
1: As well, what's that? Yeah. If you send me some of those videos, we'll drop them in the show notes, but we'll also drop the email. So for sure.
0: Yeah. And anybody out there, you know, Heath has helped me and and the important thing is to help people in the business. You know, so if you don't if you're not good with your realtor relationships or you don't have a good concierge program to drip on you know we have a 12 step 17 week concierge program to drip on our pre approvals cuz you know all those people that you work with that are out looking especially this year cuz it takes forever to get an offer accepted you they lost your card you forgot who they were so if you don't have any of these kind of campaigns you can set them up to Fire and forget, and I make two calls in seventeen weeks, and the other twelve weeks, the other ten weeks are automated. So, anybody that wants that kind of information, or what our brochures look like, or anything like that, I'd be happy to uh, to share it. So,
1: and he he means that. So, if you're listening, uh, take him up on that offer. You know, the nice thing when you when you have been in the business as long as both myself and Brendan, you know, you you just want to continue to help and give, and you know, it's it's great to see young people thriving in the business. So I honor you for that, man. And I want to acknowledge you, you know, for, for your uh, passion, not only for the business, but for your family with Christine and your four kids and, you know, always willing to help other people just in like in this video. And man, I, I always think it's cool when you coach someone and, and they grown way past you. And so I honor you for that, man. And I, I, I thank you for your time. And I would love to do that uh, CRM podcast if you're up for it. So we'll yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And 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 everybody who's listening to this should listen to Heath. Heath was one of my more fun coaches that I have, but He was tough and he 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 digs into what's wrong and he can really help you. And, and and the sharing part takes us out of the mundane routine of our days. And it's just fun to watch yeah. um you know somebody grow. And and the, the biggest the biggest thing I would press on people is is Stop thinking about yourself. And if you think you've arrived or you think you're all that, you are in for a big, giant-ass problem in your life or your business because you never do. you got to keep finding something else to chase. And it might not be units or anything, but you have to keep um, growing and getting better. And you should have mentors in your life, and you should have people to bounce things off. Because otherwise you're going to be standing up there all by yourself making dumb mistakes because you're not you're not all that and a bag of chips. So,
1: yeah, it sounds like you and I had the same problem. You know, you had it for uh, the first 10 years in your business, as did I. I remember telling my assistant just a couple of days ago, the first 10 years of my career, I didn't want anyone telling me what to do because i was going to figure it out on my own. And that's the worst, <laughs> miserable yeah. life.
0: We're control freaks and we're we're high D's and we're high I's and we don't want people to take advantage of us. So we have trust issues. So, but, and I, we still, Heath and I still do dumb stuff every single day and every single week. And then we remind ourselves or somebody hopefully reminds us that we shouldn't be doing that. And then we move back on to the other stuff, which is really the, what you enjoy the most in your life. It creates balance in your life. I don't want you working 50, 60, 70 hours a week. If you're new, you might have to grind a little bit, but you got to grind your way out of that. So,
1: well, I, hey, Brendan, again, man, I, OD, I, I appreciate you being on. I love you, dude. I think I love you like a brother. I really, I can tell you have a great heart, and that's why I appreciate our relationship.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Heath. I love you too. Thanks for having me on. I, I, I've only done a few of these, but I love them. And, and, and you've meant a lot to me and, and, and done a lot of great things for me. So you are a big part of, of, of this growth and, and, and anybody can do it. That's that's the thing you should take from this too. Anybody can do it. You just got to decide. It's it's not it's not complicated, but it's also not easy. It's a grind, but just do the same thing every day, every week, every month, and it will work. So and if you want the plan, Heath and I will tell you what
1: it is. That's it. All right, OD. See you. Have a good day. And there you have it. Another great episode. Don't forget to check out the notes at heatbarns.com. And you can find out more about all the ways we can help you at heatbarns.com. That's it for this episode. Have a great week, and we'll talk next time.